No, I never have doubted him. You've always doubted me. I did me. doubt him, though. You doubted me. No, you I, always never, I never would doubt you. Doubt. you. Oh, you, I, my gosh. We no. just finished a beautiful, some would say, a perfect podcast. <laughs> Stu doubted. I, uh, we started the podcast with uh, Donald Trump, who made some news today, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, uh, on the Nord Stream pipeline, on the possibility of World War Three, on... How he defined the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a, there's a lot. We start the podcast with that today. Um, also, if you or somebody you know is struggling with depression or suicide, especially with their kids, this is a must listen to podcast. Uh, I had um, uh, Arthur Brooks on, and he has this is his job, he studies this kind of stuff. And it's really uplifting, really positive, and I think you will feel less alone. Bill O'Reilly also joined us. Oh, and how our government, our Biden administration, is dismantling the power grid. And you're paying for it. All that and more on today's podcast. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Jace Medical. We shot down the Chinese spy balloon, which we did know exactly what that is. Remember when Biden said, we're not sure what that was. Uh, Yeah, apparently because we now have the high definition pictures from a YouTube spy plane. We know exactly what that is. So if you think our relationship with China is going to get better, think again. According to a University of Minnesota study, the U.S. relies on overseas Uh, for 18 out of the 21 critical antibiotics. Ow! And only 72% for active pharmaceutical ingredients. But other than that, we got it covered. Okay? We're good. Okay, we don't make medicine here. Just a supply chain disruption could mean we're out of antibiotics. We're already looking at an antibiotics uh, shortage with amoxicillin. It's happening on a small scale. Imagine the fun! when we can't just take some penicillin. The Jace case from Jace Medical is a great way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It has a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, things like UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and a ton more. Great way for you to be ready for shortages and a perfect thing for traveling. Don't get caught unprepared. Just go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Enter the promo code BECK at checkout. You get a discount on the order. It's jacemedical.com, promo code BECK. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. President, how are you, sir? Hi, Glenn. It's good Hi, to talk Glenn. to you. How are you? I'm very good. Good to talk doing? to you. I'm great, That's and I have great. to. I have to thank you for bringing so much attention to what's happening in Ohio, and finally getting Buttigieg to uh, show up, who was there yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and blaming you for the disaster somehow or another. But thank oh, you. Did for, I didn't hear that. I, I can imagine. That's oh yeah, they always yeah. do that. Yeah, it's incredible. That's what did, incredible. What did you anyway. learn from from the people of East Palestine? The unity is incredible. The relationship to each other, the working with each other. The mayor was a great guy. I did ask a question. What is your crime rate? 
and it's almost zero. So, you know, here we are in New York and different cities where it's uh, not only is it not zero, it's numbers that have never been seen before. Yeah. And horrible crime, too, just be getting whacked from behind your head with a baseball bat and things. But I said, what's your crime rate? Almost like, uh, gee, that's not a very smart question. I mean, we have almost no crime. Think of it. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you look and see. And there's just a lot of love there, a lot of spirit. They happen to love me because, I mean, the relationship, I got a vast amount of votes there, as you probably yeah. know. I think it used to be a Democrat area, too. Yeah. But I got a vast amount of votes, and it was a beautiful thing to see how we just all came together. And boot, boot edge edge, you know, we're supposed to say boot edge edge. He was supposed to be there, and uh, he decided not to come. And he came the next day, and he played to very small crowds. Nobody yeah. cared. It was too late. I mean, he should have been there on day one not uh, weeks after this event happened. It was a very horrific event, well, actually. Um, horrible event that people can't trust the uh, EPA or they don't trust the EPA um, on on uh, the testing of the air, trying to get somebody. We've been trying to hire some people to go do testing there for the people in um, at East Palestine. And uh, a lot of places just won't do it because they, they don't want to break up their public-private partnership with the United States. Who do you trust? Oh, wow, that's incredible. Well, that's happening in a lot of ways. I mean, when you look at it, people don't want to get involved because, you know, the fascists that are running the country take, you know, umbrage at it. They, uh, they go after them. And that's in many different ways. You see it. You see it even with law firms. You see it with yeah. so many different things. They don't want to, they don't want to take on this fascist, disgusting system that our country's turning out to be. Uh, we're becoming like a, uh, like a Soviet Union. It's disgraceful. And you see that in many ways. So now you tell me that even engineer types are doing that. It's yeah. uh, just absolutely, it's absolutely horrible what's happening to our country in so many ways, whether it's the border, the military, what they're doing with the military, so many different things. It's uh, very sad, so, actually, and very dangerous, very bad. This is the one-year anniversary of the invasion into Ukraine. And, Mr. President, I can't find a good guy here. I don't, I don't trust Putin. I don't think he's a good guy. But I know, because I did a, a lot of work on uh, your so-called impeachment and what was going on in Ukraine, that's wildly corrupt. And I don't trust our government. And I don't want to get into a war. And we are now losing almost, we're close to losing the proxy part of this war and it looks like we're headed towards something where we are going head to head. What is your take on this and how do we stop this? So it's a very interesting question and I have a little more experience because I dealt with Zelensky. Uh, I made one phone call and then I made a second call. These were two congratulatory calls. Once when he won first phase one of the election and one when he was one phase two. They were, as I say, perfect phone calls. I got unanimous in the House uh, acquittal, unanimous from every single Republican. Now, right. you haven't seen that too often, but every single Republican voted to acquit or to say innocent. And uh, that was a nice thing to see. The Republicans came together, but I got to know a lot and learn a lot about the country. Now, you know, the country is considered extremely corrupt. In fact, right. we have a document that says you're supposed to report them, blah, 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 you know, everything. Right. But it's a very, it is a very corrupt country. Uh, I happen to like Zelensky for 
one specific reason. Uh, when they asked him what I said, was it was he threatened? Was he he acted as though it was a disgrace that they were doing right this. He said, "What did he do? He didn't do anything wrong. He, he just like." Couldn't believe it, actually. It was just a con by Nancy Pelosi and the con artists. But Zelensky could have said, oh, I felt threatened. I felt this. I felt that. Could have said that. And it would have been harder. Uh, we would have still won because it's still, you know, fortunately, we had this uh, call taped in a way. It was taped by the by the people in government and in our government. And it was very lucky that it was because we had all these people making up different stories right. saying they were on the call. Probably they weren't even on the call, but they were liars. And uh, when the tape came out, that was that was the end of their whole ploy. Then they went on to something new. But these are just terrible people. But Zelensky, as you remember very well, and it was quite beautiful because I didn't know. You know, I didn't yeah. know him. I congratulated him on a victory. But he came out. And he said, uh, absolutely, he didn't do anything wrong. I, he didn't even know what they were talking about. And, and he acted that way. So I, re, I really respected that because he could have gotten some good political points. And I really respected that. And, uh, so you know, should, I like him. Should we, uh, should I, we I be sending more money, more arms? Now they're talking yeah. about planes. Should we be doing this? Well, we're going to end up in World War Three. That's one thing that's going to happen. And I've been sort of saying that for a long time now. Uh, are you ready? Just in a very quick nutshell, this is a war that should have never happened. It would have never happened if I were in office. Uh, zero chance of it happening. I used to speak to Putin about it, got along with Putin very right. well. Don't forget, I was tougher in Russia than anybody else. You're one of the I people know. that faced that. I, I ended their pipeline. I sanctioned them. I did so many, and yet I still got along with Putin. That's sort of a trick. That's a hard trick it's a talented trick but i got along with him but i no nobody i was the one that sent in the javelins i sent in massive numbers of javelins and biden and obama sent in pillows right. and they sent in sheets <laughs> i know in a very small did, number did, but i gave them the javelins when they wiped out those tanks they wiped them out with the stuff i sent there was nobody was was as tough and the javelins was a big deal but the biggest deal was i shut down the Nord stream 2 pipeline that nobody even heard of until i came along so I let when, people know about it nobody heard of it when you go so, to the uh, Nord stream pipeline which you did shut down biden opened up now there's yeah. uh, some reporting that says we blew it up. Biden did a covert mission and blew it up. Do you believe that? Well, it could have been us and it could have been uh, it could have been Ukraine and it could have been some third party country that wants to see that wants to see trouble. The one group it wasn't is Russia. You know, they blame Russia for, for doing it. This was a main, this is a main source of massive income to them. They didn't bl blow it up to make a point. That's the one thing I can tell you for sure. Remember when it first happened, they yeah. said Russia did it. You know, Russia always says Russia, Russia. And uh, I lived for years with that where uh, everything gets blamed on Russia, gets blamed on you. These people are sick, I'm telling you. But it could have been. It could have been working in conjunction with Ukraine because Ukraine has total dominance over the United States, total dominance. I mean, mm. we've given them probably $150 billion, and Europe has given them almost nothing. And that bothers me. That really bothers me because I had, a, I had it out with them on NATO. You know, we were taking I care know. of NATO. We were taking care of I got $450 billion from the European nations from NATO. That's the other thing. Nobody was tougher on them. But then they still beat us on trade because I had that just about stopped. You know, Europe is almost as bad as China 
on dealing on trade. They're very, very restrictive, very, very tough. They don't take our cars. They don't take our farm products, right. meaning much of. They don't do, you know, they treat us uh, with a lack of respect. Well, they were starting to respect us a lot and big. And we were straightening a lot of things out. But the saddest part about the war is that this is a war that should have never happened. Correct. Okay, so now it happened. Uh, now you have to get people in a room. You have to knock heads and you have to get it done. So, And that would mean... That would mean saying things to Putin and saying things to Zelensky that they're not going to want to hear and right. getting them into a room and getting it done. People are dying by the thousands. You know, Glenn, when I see the reports that they knock down a city, you know, these cities are being leveled. There's not a yeah. building standing in a lot of these cities. I've seen pictures that maybe other people don't get to see. Maybe they do. But or take a look at the newspaper when they have a topographical picture of a city. Right. There's a one building standing it's incredible and then they say uh one person died and three people were injured no no many people died right many people were badly injured and we're not getting the true facts about what's happening in so this war let me ask you one one more question because i know you're on such a tight schedule so let me just ask you one more question china is now offering to negotiate the peace there the Chinese just flew a spy balloon, which, you know, we didn't shoot down. But today we're finding out that a U-2 spy plane took pictures of it. It had a payload the size of three different buses. It was being navigated, solar panels creating energy for it. And we allowed it to fly over our missile silos and strategic air command. This is dereliction of duty. If if we're being kind. Well, there are those that say, as you know, uh, that Biden and the Biden family are truly conflicted and compromised with respect to China. Uh, there's a lot of money going around and it's substantial money and big money and decisions are being made. I mean, when you look at what they're doing to us on trade, uh, they're giving back so much of what I won and it's crazy. It, it doesn't make sense. It's like the border. It doesn't make sense to allow. It will be 15 million people pretty soon. 15 million. It was not three. They used to say three. The people are pouring in at will. I'm watching hospitals are being overrun and everything is being overrun by people that are coming out of their prisons, are coming out of their mental institutions. They're overrunning our country. Who would say that that's good? I mean, what person would say that that's good? But with China, they are perhaps compromised by China because decisions are being made that are very strange. As an example, why wouldn't that have been shot down long before? Because those messages don't sit in that balloon. Those, those right. message are, the messages are immediately transmitted on the second. They're immediately transmitted. So this thing flew all across our country, did its work, it probably had nothing left to do. It was heading back. And then they shot it down. The whole thing is crazy. So many things are, are so wrong. Why don't we have voter ID? Why are they allowing millions of people? And many of these people are terrorists and people that are going to be causing us from. We're going to be feeling the border for many years to come. Yeah. No matter who it is, we're going to feel it. They are destroying and poisoning our country. And you say, why are they doing this? Why are they doing it? But this is a family that could very well be compromised because why are they allowing this to happen with respect to China? At the same time, the ultimate sin is taking place. 
And I learned this when I was a young student studying history. Never let China and Russia unify. Yeah. And we have let them unify. We forced them into yeah. a unification. We have. And that's the most dangerous thing that can happen to our country. Mr. President, I, your people are giving us the high sign uh, that you have got to go. I hope we have a chance to talk again soon. Uh, uh, it's been Anytime. a while. It's good to talk to you, sir. Thank well, you so much. Anytime. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, Glenn. You bet, Bobby. See you soon. Bye. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Arthur Brooks, a brother from another mother, and every time we talk to each other, we both go, why are we not talking to each other all the time? How are you, Arthur? Yeah, I'm doing great. How you doing, brother Glenn? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, I, I reached out to you, what was it, about a month ago, and then so many things right. have, have happened, we've had to keep rescheduling, but... Um, I wanted to talk to you because I've, I've had, um, I've had three children that have been suicidal in the last uh, year and believe it or not, none of it had to do with what I talked to them about at the dinner table. Um, it is, there is something going on now, um, that is just sucking our children into profound darkness, hopelessness, and meaninglessness. And yeah. uh, I wanted to get your take on it because I'm sitting there and I have access to resources. I, I am lucky enough to have a stable home situation with my wife. We're great partners. I have great relationship with my kids. All of my kids came to me or my wife and said, I'm in trouble. That doesn't always happen. And even I and my wife were overwhelmed. What do we do? So can you walk us through some of these things of what's going on? Yeah, no, I, as a social scientist, obviously this is getting a lot of my attention right now. And as a happiness specialist, this is really critical. Everybody wants to be happy. Your kids want to be happy. We want to be happy. And look, we all struggle. This whole idea that, you know, is being, that we're being told increasingly over the past few decades that you have depression or you don't have depression. You have right. anxiety, you don't have anxiety. These are not switches, Glenn. These are dials. Mm-hmm. And everybody is suffering in different ways. This is the important thing for us to keep in mind. Well, we want a diagnosis and then treatment and treat it in some way that will get rid of the problem forever. It the won't. truth of the matter is that there's a lot of suffering in life. And you and I are Christian men. We know that, that suffering is very, very sacred. But when you take the sacred out of the suffering, you're going to be in big trouble. And that's what's happening to young people and a lot of not-so-young people today. Can you, can, wait, wait, wait. Can you, explain, can you explain, take the suffering out of, of uh, what, what, what did you just say? The sacredness Ta- out of suffering. Yeah, sacredness you, out of suffering. The, this is the thing. I mean, back in the, back in the 60s, you know, I got no... You know, I got a, it, every kind of beef with the hippies, and you do too. <laughs> they had they had a very they had a really terrible life strategy that was if it feels good, do, do it. it. I remember when my dad, my dad, you know, I was, you and I were little kids, you know, when that stuff was going down. I remember my dad watching a hippie on TV saying that he's like, "That's the end of America." You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing. That's the same he, thing. He was, he was kind of right, but you know. Mm. But you know what? It's much worse now because now our young people are being told if it hurts, make it stop because unhappiness is your enemy and it's evidence that something's wrong with you. There's something defective with you. 
you know, the truth of the matter is that getting from one end of the day to another has many joys and it has many sorrows. And what we need to do is to understand ourselves, to love each other, to support each other. And that's exactly not what we're doing. I mean, social scientists like me, we look at it this from, you know, 40 angles and, and you find all these influences that are doing it. But all together, here's what's going on. Our society is giving us one substitute for another for the sources of love in our life that can put all of our feelings and all of our experiences in the context. Social media is substituting for human love. Dating apps are substituting for meeting real people. We find that, that, uh, that the technocracy in government is pulling our, our communities apart. It's fragmenting our families. It's making it easier to not work. It's making it harder and harder for us to practice our faith. Love is declining and, tech, and technology is increasing. And the result of all of that is that people don't have any way to understand the nature of what their life actually means. And, and, and none of us are safe, Glenn. I mean, none of us are safe and our kids aren't safe from this. I mean, the truth is that, you know, there's four strategies to be happier in life and they're all about love. There's faith, there's family, there's friendship, and there's work where we serve our sisters and brothers. Boy, That's look at that. Divine. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Everything, for- all, four, all four points or pillars are under attack. Absolutely. You know, we are, and again, there's nobody, and you can say there's a dark force behind this, but you're not going to say that there's some person in government or some tech executive that's trying to attack these things. No. But what they're giving us is inadequate substitutes for the sources of love in our life and the people who are most prone to seeing these things and getting addicted to these things. And the neurophysiology of this is very clear. You can get addicted to smartphones just as easily as you can get addicted to gambling or methamphetamine or, you know, highly glycemic carbohydrates for that matter or alcohol or, or other horrible, horrible love destroying things like pornography. They're, what they do is they give you a, a neurochemical high instead of the love that you actually crave. And that's what's going on. And, and young people are the ones who their brains aren't developed as much, their, their values aren't developed as much, and they're very easy to fool. And they're being used for money. One other thing, Glenn, by the way, you know, in our society today, which is unbelievably polarized, baby boomers, people our age and older, are conscripting child soldiers into their culture war mm-hmm. and we're freaking them out. We're making them say that if Amen. you disagree with my views on the climate, then you're evil. That if you disagree with my ideas on COVID, then you're evil. I'm going to cancel you. And this is going on on our side, on the right. It's going on the other side of the left. And we got to stop doing that too, because that's a zombie religion. <laughs> and it's not going to help. Uh, you know, Arthur, I will tell you at the I hope we're at the end of of this uh, crisis in our family. Um, And it has been um, the hardest probably six months or a year uh, of my life, my wife's life and our relationship together. And we got to the we got to the end of this. And I said or hopefully the end of it. And I said um, I said to Tanya. I, well, we made it. Can't believe what did, what did, what did we learn? And we were talking about it. And I think what we learned is our faith, our faith in God was mature enough to be able to say, we can't fix everything. And 
it's we have to give this over to God. Do what we have to do and all that we can do. But the outcome is not in our hands. And uh, even if it's a bad outcome, it will work for his purposes. We'll find good in it eventually. And uh, that's that sounds crazy to say, but it's what got us through. You know, what you just told me is that there's sacredness and suffering. But yes. You, just, you said it more eloquently than I ever could have, because what you understood, and this is the, the, the growth that actually comes from the trauma of life, and that brings us closer to each other, and it brings us closer to God, is that actually only when we can understand the nature of our suffering, what we're learning from it, how we're loving each other better, then do we understand what it means to be fully alive and putting one foot in front of the other on this earth. But if we're going through life and, you know, <clears throat> the campus counseling center is saying, if you're feeling any sort of, you're feeling any sort of sadness, you better get in for counseling right now. And, 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 you know, because of liability reasons, you know, and it, everybody is pounding our kids with this idea that if you feel rotten, something's defective about you, something's wrong with you. And, and it's bleeding over into our generation too. It's a huge mistake. What we need to do is to understand that, look, life is, is a huge adventure. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. And, and, you know, every day, if we can get down on our knees and thank the Lord for all of it, every single bit of it, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not I'm going to enjoy it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, um, Arthur, when you, when you look at, um, what, what's happening and you, you try to navigate through it. One of the things that I had a problem with, and I, uh, we went to many doctors to talk to them before our kids ever saw uh, any of them. Uh, and, and I wanted to know, look, I'm from a generation that would have said, you re- relate to this, get up, <laughs> get, stop yeah. whining about it, get to work, go do stuff, focus. You know what I mean? <laughs> And right. and now all of society is like, no, 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 Shh, don't do that. Don't do that. And I I asked the therapist, I, I said, I don't know what's real and what is been caused by society. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I'm doing more damage by being careful uh, or I do more damage by doing what my grandfather would have done. And right. um, and they said they don't really know because this is so new and it's sometimes a combination of both of them. Yeah. Can you comment yeah, on that lot. at all? Yeah, no, there's a huge amount of mystery in shrouding this. I mean, the whole and, and the truth of the matter is that we go through waves of of in, incredible intellectual or, or psychological distress. This goes in, in waves and it has throughout society going back literally hundreds of years. <clears throat> so you'll find, for example, remember when you and I were little kids and there was this huge, huge problem of kids running off and joining cults? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, and, and then it stopped. You know, it stopped. You know, all of these self-harmful behaviors. You know, there was a time, you know, back when there was this book called Sybil in the 1970s yeah. about a woman with six personalities. Yeah. And, and there was this unbelievable explosion of people that were reporting to mental health um, authorities, to, to you know, doctor's offices and to yep. hospitals with multiple personalities. I mean, we don't understand why these things happen, whether they're suggestion, you know, how much of these things are actually coming from 
you know, what's reality and what actually isn't, but we, we do know is there's the stress and there are, we do know some things that actually work and that all of us can do right now. And especially as parents, there's a bunch of parents listening to us and they're relating to you in a big way. And I talk to people all the time. <clears throat> it doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, you're subject to this because, you know, our kids are walking around in this society today. Number one, tough love is fine, but it's gotta be love more than tough. Yes. And so it's saying to your kids, no matter what happens, we're going to be together. No matter yep. what happens, we can, and, and guess what? There's a solution to literally everything. You rob a bank, I'm going to still love you. And, you know, don't freak out. It is don't so, freak out when it, something's wrong with your kids. It is so weird. When you get into this situation, you, how much your kids think whatever it is they've done or whatever it is they're thinking that, it's unforgivable and they won't be loved. Mm. And I think that's universal. And when, when Tanya and I, um, we would sit down with the kids and they would talk to us about what they were going through, what they were thinking or what they had done or whatever. There were times that Tanya and I, I know were inside going, ah, um, but we just, we had agreed before, do not react, don't react. And then just say, you know what? Let's pray on it. And give ourselves yeah. time to decompress. And when I said to each one of the kids, whatever it is they were dealing with, you know, even if this goes, you know, horribly awry and your life doesn't go any way the, the way you think it's going to, you know that we're always your parents. You know that, right. uh, you know, if you, you know, if you ever did something that caused you to go to jail, we're still the ones mm-hmm. that are going to be visiting you. Because we'll always yeah. love you. And each of them broke down at that moment. And it shocked me because we have such a good relationship with our kids that I thought they would know that. But sometimes you yeah. have to say it to them. Yeah. There's so many things that you need to make overt in these relationships. And it's, I mean, Glenn, the, the data are, is so interesting about how kids learn about these values. Now, remember when you and I first understood our relationship to the master, first understood our relationship to God. That was when your first baby was born. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, that's how God loves me. Mm-hmm. Well, your kids haven't had kids yet. They don't know that. They don't understand the nature of, of, of mystical you know, love that's unencumbered by outside values, that you are going to love them forever. They don't know that. You know, there's a lot of other interesting things that we forget as parents. You know, I have this, there's some very interesting data that show, for example, that because I talk to people who fret a lot, you know, how do I, Christian people, Jewish people, Muslim people, they want their kids to grow up in the faith and they see all these kids wandering away and and, and being miserable as a result. They ask me, they ask me a lot, what's the number one thing I can do? And the number one thing, Glenn, that you can do to make sure your kids practice the faith is see their dad practicing the faith. Yes. And there's a reason for that. As a little kid, the strongest human being you've ever seen in your life is your father. I mean, my dad, I thought he was like six foot two and I thought he could lift a house. Now my dad was a college professor, so there was not a lot of lifting going on, but I didn't know that. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, and I'm telling you, here's the deal. My dad bent the knee to no man but my dad was on his knees saying his prayers with me at night and was on his knees on Sunday. And I saw that and had a big impact on me. Your kids learn that way with the way that you love unconditionally, the way that you worship with faith, the way that you offer up your own troubles and trials and put them at the foot of the cross, the way that, 
that you love your wife unconditionally. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We have Mr. Bill O'Reilly, who is here to talk to us about the biggest news of the week. Hello, Bill. How are you? What kind of music is that behind me? It sounds like some kind of zombie music, you know, it is. that I'm being it chased. Is. Well, because yeah. it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Dawn of the Dead, uh, zombies. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, we we look at you. It's with spooky music. Torn pants and. And anyway. I, may be, I, I may be too frightened to do this interview. I know. Okay. All right. So, uh, so biggest story of the week. Okay. Uh, obviously, the war in Ukraine, one-year anniversary, um, Biden going there, it's a huge story. And then the destruction, uh, self-destruction of Pete Buttigieg, his um, national political career is over. So we have one domestic major story and one foreign. Okay, so hang on just a second. Let, let's start with the Pete Buttigieg. You think that it is destroyed. I think he is such the idiot uh, and so incompetent that that's who those in power look to run. I think, I think the Democrats are looking at it going, well, he's qualified. Beck, I will submit to you that there is not one person listening to us right now, all the millions of people yeah. tuned into Beck, right. not one would cast a ballot for Pete Buttigieg I, or anything. I hope you're right, but I can't count on when anything have I been wrong? No, I'm never I wrong. I know. He's done. And I'll tell you why. It's very simple. Um, Americans have suffered at the hands of the airlines for two years. He's the Secretary of Transportation. He's yeah. done bupkis, nothing, doesn't care. You can be, you know, your baggage can wind up in Bangladesh. You could be f- sleeping in the airport for four days. And the federal government, with oversight over the airlines, does nothing. That's number one. So people already uh, despise him. Three weeks to go to a toxic train crash. And, in, and really oh, only went because Trump made him look so of bad. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think the Biden people were uh, going to order him to go anyway, but they sped it up. But then the question becomes, what the deuce does he do all day? Yeah. What is he doing? This isn't like doing a talk show for three hours every day, okay? (laughs) He sits there at his little desk. I need some personal time. You know what? I I mean, enough. Enough. Go back to Indiana, please. I'm fascinated by the story about personal time because that became the story. But the part of that interview with that daily caller person that was walking alongside of Buddha judge at night. Right. And when he said, the last thing he said was, may I have a picture of you? And he took a picture of the journalist. And my question is why, what was it he wanted? And I pointed that out. And I think yesterday they, somebody in the press asked him, why did you want that picture? What are you doing with that picture? And they wouldn't answer. I believe it was just uh, an attempt to be charming or to throw her off or whatever it may be. I don't think there's any sinister motive. I don't think the guy thinks oh, fast enough for that. I remember when I was when I was young and naive. 
So. You remember when you were young and naive, Beck? Okay, that uh, was three days ago. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, all right, so now let's go to uh, Zelensky and yes. the one-year anniversary today. Right. So, I mean, this is a situation that uh, is being exploited by some in the media, which torques me off because this is very dangerous, extremely dangerous, particularly with China, you know, on the, on the uh, outskirts uh, of this story. So I brought a guy to, uh, this week who I think is the best expert of Russia-China in the country. His name is Dr. Graham Allison. He's uh, a Harvard guy, he was the dean of the Kennedy School when I attended there. I've known him for 30 years, and he still speaks to me, kind of like you, Beck. Which, yeah, I know. You know, if you're still very speaking rare. to me. Right. Yeah. You know, so anyway, Allison comes on, and he is. He's an intellectual guy. He's not, you know, uh, a pie thrower. And he's basically saying, look, this, it's a very dangerous place. The world is a dangerous place, and simplistic solutions are exploiting this horrible tragedy for our political gain is wrong. And you have to be methodical and patient and play the chess game and hope that Putin just self-destructs, which is possible. I mean, you got a thousand casualties a day going back to Russia, dead and wounded, a thousand. All right, and now they're going to throw all of these untrained conscripts against hardened, motivated Ukraine fighters. And you know that it's going to be 10 to 1 casualties against the Russians. So, you know, you, you have to hold on here. And now we got Xi going in April, it looks like, to Moscow. I don't think China's going to help them out militarily because then sanctions will be slapped on china but Mm. this is the highest level and and here's what really worries me biden is not competent to handle this it's not that he did anything wrong and i and i supported his trip to uh, uh ukraine and poland because that raises the morale in europe that's what that was all about. It wasn't about the United States. It was we got favorable coverage, the United States, for one of the few times. He goes in, and we need Europe to back Ukraine. That's what that was all about. Okay, but in the larger uh, picture, I mean, Joe Biden, uh, he has no capacity to understand the subtleties of this danger emanating from Russia and China. Are you how concerned are you that this is leading us into or away from a proxy war and much closer into a uh, a war with with Russia and China and and uh, the United States kind of at each other's throats? Well, you know, I'm not worried that there's going to be a shoot war at this point. Okay, I don't see the flashpoint that would lead to that. And people say, what about the money? Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous that we have to spend $150 billion, you know, to send to Ukraine. But it will be 10 times more if Putin then would win that and then pick off Belarus and Moldova. And, you know, because he's not going to stop. It's not like Putin's going to go, okay, I got Ukraine now. I'm happy and I'm not going to cause any more trouble. Two days ago, I talked about this. Nobody, nobody seems to care about this for some reason. He just annexed Moldova. 
Yeah, I, but he didn't physically annex them because he he doesn't have the troops to occupy it. Correct, but he did right. annex it. He, he just said, look, I'm taking Moldova. But Americans don't understand this because, A, it's far away. B, whatever the media reports now, the American people don't believe. I mean, we're in a place in history where the major corporate media says stuff, and most Americans don't, don't believe, believe it. it. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, but, wait, but wait a minute. So with with Moldova, though, the problem is, as I pointed out earlier today, the problem is eight hundred thousand Moldovians have dual citizenship as NATO citizens. So if something does go down there, would that could That's that be used? Oh, I hope so. Uh, good. He good, doesn't good. have. He doesn't have the logistical capacity. If you look at the map, no, I know okay. it's landlocked. I know. Right. So he, he can't. It, the supply lines now from Russia into Ukraine are uh, dubious to say the least. I mean, this guy Putin, he's in military trouble, and that's why I'm, I, I say to my audience and everyone else, hold on. Okay, this is not going to get better for him. It's going to deteriorate. And the only people that could save him would be the Chinese. If the Chinese come in and say, yeah, we're going to give you all the ammunition and arms you want, that would be a, a game breaker. Then. Okay. But I don't think they're going to do it because that would destroy the Chinese economy. All right. Let me ask you one, one more question, and that's on China. We know that. You know, this Chinese balloon came across. Joe Biden said, we think it's a weather balloon. We're not really sure what it is. Yada, yada, yada. Um, We now know, we found out, I think either at the beginning of the week or in the end of last week, that the Pentagon had been tracking that since its launch in China. Okay, so they knew all about it. Now we find out yesterday that a U-2 spy plane took high definition photos of the payload. It was the size of three school buses. It was navigating, um, controlled navigation, powered by satellite, I mean, sorry, a uh, solar array. It had cameras, satellite uh, response antennas, and it navigated over all of our missile sites and then over strategic air command. What, I mean, Bill... They they I, lied and lied and lied. What does uh, that mean? It means they don't know what they're doing. And that, that was my point about the big picture with Putin. you got a president who doesn't know what he's doing. And then, you know, the balloon thing does go into the Secretary of Transportation. Buttigieg says, you know, his latest pronouncement was, can I get a ride in the balloon? <laughs> and that's not, you know, no, it's, it's already destroyed. We're dealing with incompetence in washington dc at a frightening frightening level i I mean i think it is run by imbeciles it is run by incompetence but there is strategy somewhere that inflation reduction act it, it is it's brilliantly written because it has pieces of stuff all through it that have not been put together yet so somebody is planning and plotting and it's not good yeah, I mean, if if the Democrats win again in 24, you know, I'm looking at property in the Bahamas. So uh, it's I can't imagine that would happen, by the way. I just can't imagine that the American people would be foolish enough to cast a vote for any Democrat. Lori Lightfoot's going to get booted on Tuesday. 
All right, uh, Kim Gardner in St. Louis, the DA, got that fired was great. yesterday. That was great. Thank you so, to the attorney general there. Right. And you're seeing now this backlash coming fairly aggressively against these anti-American people who want to break our society apart so they can put it back together again in the vision of Bernie Sanders. Mm. I mean, that's what this is all about. And, and so Americans have got to kind of wise up, but the problem is they can't put on a television set and get and trust. any information. Yeah. I mean, because the information is all skewed toward helping the Biden administration. And, it, and it's also not just all uh, uh, skewed. It's talking about the wrong things. It, it's not, we are not talking about what does this war mean? Should we be even in there? You know, you remember the days, Bill, it weren't that long ago that we would debate things like this on the floor of the House. Nobody's debating it. If you go to BillOReilly.com and you punch up Dr. Graham Allison, you'll see the best, I think, uh, overall assessment of what's happening. Now, I have a question for you. Do we have time for that? Uh, We've got about uh, 45 seconds to a minute. Okay. Do you think that uh, all those revelations against our alma mater, Fox News, is going to you know, have a long-term effect on our organization? What, is the, what are the revelations? I don't know if I've heard them. Oh, yes, you have. I mean, the uh, reporting on, uh, on the election fraud. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think all of that stuff's done anyway, Bill. I think it's just nails in a coffin over and over and over again. What I think, if they lose a uh, billion dollars in the lawsuit that begins in April in Delaware? Uh, yeah, I think that is, it's going to have a real big effect, but I, I think, think it's... they'll lose? I don't know. Do you? It's I think they one. could. I think oh, they definitely could. could, no doubt. And I think they may settle because, you know, the principals and out of corporation, they don't want to be going to Delaware sitting in no. there having to testify. I know. I know. Let's talk about that next week, can we? Okay. Let's remind me of that. Thanks so much, Bill.